Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Hey, we're going to spend some time now diving into the Word. So we have Brandon with us all the way from from York, PA at Genesis Church. Used to work with us as a counselor at one point even now. Now he gets to come back and give us the Word. Let's make some noise for Brandon. Uh, knock it off, you animals. All right. Did I like what? Do I like, no, that was a, yes, absolutely. I love knitting. It's my favorite pastime. I don't. I don't. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm not going to lie, though. I love creating things, so maybe I should get into it. Maybe I should try it out. I don't know. Well, guys, as was introduced, my name is Brandon Vyeth. Uh, you guys call me Brandon. Call me Pastor Brandon. Don't call me Mr. Vyeth or Pastor that Vyeth. That's just weird. Uh, don't do that. But I've been blessed to be able to be the student and young adult pastor at Genesis Church in York, Pennsylvania for the last little over six years, um, just about 30 minutes north of here. And as Aaron said, um, I was on staff here, had a relationship with the ranch for a little over 10 years now. Um, but I, I'm always blessed to be here. I always love being able to uh, bring the word and and spend time in God's word together. But guys, to give you kind of an outline here of where we're going to be going uh, this weekend, you know, we have tonight, we have tomorrow morning, tomorrow night, and Sunday morning. So not a lot of time together. Okay, but I really want us to be able to hone in and focus on some things and kind of see what God has for us this weekend as we get into the Word of God. But as we're doing that, kind of just something to to wake us up a little bit, loosen us up a little bit, um, to get us focused in on the Word. I'm borrowing this from a a really awesome pastor out in California at Rock Church. His name's Miles McPherson, but uh, he does this thing uh, with his church called the Word Wave, and I want to I want to try it out with you guys, all right? Um, But it's kind of like a a regular wave, but a little different. But any of you guys ever been to uh, Orioles game or Ravens game or, you know, and, you know, when you go to professional sporting events, they do the wave, right? Anybody ever been to a a pro sporting event and it made it like the whole way around the stadium? And like everybody parts, it's the coolest thing. But then there's like the really lame ones where it like goes like three sections and then it's like, oh, oh. And then there's, you always see like one guy who tries to keep it going. And you're like, hey man, good for you, good for you. But here's what's gonna happen. All right, we're gonna start, we're gonna start over here. What's your name? Michaela. Michaela, okay. Michaela, this is all riding on you, okay? <laughs> I'm trusting you, all right? Can you handle the pressure? You're not going to be alone. Don't worry. Okay, so it's going to start with this side of the room. It's going to start with Michaela. And then I'm going to kind of lead us across the room. And you're just going to stand up and do the wave. But as you do the wave, you have to, like, it's going to build. And we're all going to say, word. And then by, we, by the time we get to the end, we're all saying the word, word, while we're doing the word wave. Okay, Michaela, you ready? I could be a real jerk here. And I, what if I told everybody Hey, guys, I'm going to build up the hype, but don't do it. And no, no, I didn't do that. Everyone, you, you have to do it, guys. You got to do it. All right, ready? All right, on the count of three. One, two, like uh, this whole section. Y'all, y'all got to start it. One, two, three. Word. Ooh, that was a good one. Guys, I, so I was here speaking for week one, and you, y'all are the VIPs. You get the, the limited edition experience. And there was a bigger group week one, but y'all hit that, like you killed it. All right, y'all, y'all got to throw it back. All right, so we're going to go, we're going to start here. We're going to go back the other way. You guys ready? 
They're not ready at all. Michaela, can you start it again? I'm just kidding. All right, you guys are going to start it this time. You ready? One, two, three. Word. That was good. That was good. You guys are good at that. You guys are good at that. Put it on your resume. Get you a job later in life. So, guys, a little bit about me as we, as we jump in here. I am so blessed. Um, this is my beautiful family. Um, Aubrey, go, go back. Go back to the title slide. Y'all, y'all don't deserve that beautiful family picture. Ladies, I really counted on you there, okay? I have two beautiful children. I'm looking for that. Oh, like they're so cute. Like, so wait, shh, rewind. Bring it back, bring it back. So guys, this is my beautiful family that I want you to... There we go. Like, I get, I get it. I get it. I know, I, like, I bring the attractiveness of that photo down. But come on, like... So my, my beautiful wife, uh, Alexis, she is drastically out of my league, and I, I know that. You don't have to tell me that. I've got that figured out. I don't understand it still. Uh, but we have been blessed immensely. Our son, Elliot, he's going to turn four uh, April 5th. And then our daughter, Addison, she's turning two in just two weeks. And as of tonight, we are eight weeks away from baby number three. My wife is not just packing like a massive burrito from, from Moe's or Chipotle. Um, but we have baby number three on the way. His name's going to be Oliver, T- Oliver Timothy. We're going to call him Ollie. Um, but immensely blessed by this incredible family that I get to live life with and, and lose hair and go gray over um, because they're aging me so quickly. But guys, as we jump into this theme, you know a little bit about me. Um, but as we jump into this theme, Kingdom Tapestry, and kind of seeing what God has for us this weekend, I really like to understand what it is we're, we're talking about. So if you don't know what a tapestry is, here's kind of the, the definition of what a tapestry is. It's a piece of thick textile fabric with pictures or designs formed by weaving colored weft or threads or by embroidering on canvas used as a wall hanging or furniture covering. So a couple pictures here. Here's, here's what we're talking about. Okay, scattered across college dorm rooms everywhere. All right. Does anybody have one of these hanging up at home or something? You've got two? What are, what are, what's on them? How do you have a plain tapestry? It's Oh, okay. It's just a pattern. It's not okay. Okay. It's not like a. It's not like a band or something like that. Who else? Anybody else got one hanging up? Any, anybody over here? No. Really? Yeah. 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 What do you got? What is it? It's a cat. You have a tapestry of a cat. That's. I kind of want that. That sounds pretty awesome, actually. Okay. But some of you guys have seen these now. I'll be honest though, guys, this is, this is pretty basic. Okay. This is pretty basic. I want you to check this one out. Look at this guys. When we talk about tapestry this weekend, I don't want you to think of that, you know, the one in the college dorm room, or you can pick it up at Walmart and hang it up in your, in your bedroom later. But I want you to think about this, this particular, particular, excuse me, tapestry is the largest in England. Okay, it, it goes all the way back to the 16th century, and it's currently being restored. That's what those ladies are doing. But guys, this is crazy. It's been for 20 years, 
This has been worked on to restore it. It's 500 years old, over 500 years old. This one section that these three ladies are working on is 20 feet long, okay? It's 20 feet long, but it is one of 13 sections making a massive tapestry that is over 230 feet long. Okay, so all of that intricate detail is one 20-foot section, which is one 13th of a massive tapestry over 230 feet long. And what you guys can see going on is it's telling a story. It's, it's showing a picture there of what's going on. And ultimately, guys, what a tapestry is all about is it is about storytelling. It is a work of artistry. Tapestries throughout history were used to to tell stories of history. They would be handmade. They were the genuine article. It was a genuine product of creativity and vision. Okay, there was design there. And guys, this is huge when it comes to figuring out what this kingdom tapestry is all about and the role that we play in figuring out what God's tapestry is for us. So with that massive 230-foot tapestry, there was a design. There was a plan in place. So as we're talking about kingdom tapestry or God's tapestry for humanity— we have to start out by talking about God's design. So guys, here is in a nutshell, God's design for each and every one of us to be a part of, that God planned out a world that would live in perfect harmony and connectedness through relationship with him. God's design, God's kingdom tapestry is focused on harmony and connection that we get to live out through relationship with him and relationship with each other. That's the big picture of what God is trying to create. Now guys, what I love about this, what I love about this is just like a real tapestry. It is a symbol of the artist's creativity. It is a symbol of the artist's creativity. So when we understand God's design and what that looks like, we get a glimpse of God's creativity. I want to look at this passage together uh, in Romans chapter 1. Now, guys, I really encourage you, if you brought a, a Bible with you this weekend, I really encourage you in our times together to bring it with you, to have the Word of God in your hands, the, the, the breath of God. It talks about in Paul's letter to Timothy, says all Scripture is breathed out by God, is the Word of God. To have it in your hands is huge. But if not, if you didn't bring one with you, you forgot it at home, I got you. Verses are going to be up on the screen. Romans 1, verse 20. For his God's invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. So guys, what this passage is saying, what Paul is trying to address, that's the author of this book of the Bible, his name is Paul, but what Paul is trying to address is through creation we can see images of who God is and how he operates. Okay, you can see images of who God is and how he operates. You can start to understand his creativity. You can start to understand his power. You can start to understand how he works simply by looking at his design, simply by looking at creation as a whole. 
So guys, as we talk through this concept of God's design, this fact that we're supposed to live in harmony with each other, that we're going to be connected to each other through relationship, that as we start to examine that fact, as we get a glimpse of God's creativity, it's important that we understand God's power as he creates, his power as he designs. So guys, right in the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1-1, Genesis 1-3 is going to be up on the screen here, but Genesis 1-1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then this is verse 3 up on the screen, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now, Guys, I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but our ability to create is pretty limited. Here's what I mean by that. All throughout Genesis 1, as it details the creation story, it talks about how God speaks things into existence. And the early church, they kind of summarized this with this Latin phrase. It was fiat ex nihilo. Okay, can you guys try saying that for me? Try saying fiat ex nihilo on the count of three. One, two, three. Fiat ex nihilo. Okay, awesome. Fiat simply means to command, to speak into existence. Ex nihilo means out of nothing. So the way that God chose to create, sheerly from his will and his power, he commanded, he spoke things into existence. I don't know about you, but I can't do that. All right, now I may not knit, but I do like to do some carpentry. I like to build some certain things and I've kind of placed a piece in every room of my wife and I's home. So in our dining, I built our dining room table and I built our coffee table and I I made this uh, kind of measuring stick to mark our, our children's height on as they grow. So like each room of the house has a little thing that I've made and placed in there because I like to build, I like to make things, but I'm not creating them. I'm not bringing the wood into existence out of nothing. But God is. He's speaking it into existence. Now, guys, if you've been in church a long time, if you've been reading your Bible for a long time, if you want to take it to a deeper level, I really encourage you to start checking out the Hebrew and the Greek, the original languages of the Bible. Okay, now, I'll throw this out there. Try to remember it. Maybe leaders, if you got a phone or if you're taking notes, somebody's taking notes, jot this down and and your leader will help you remember it later. Blueletterbible.org. You can type in any Bible verse. It's going to show you what the Hebrew and the Greek is. And here's what's so cool about this, guys. When you look at Genesis 1-3 in the Hebrew, the way that word is used, a more accurate translation is God said, let him be light and he was light. So God is speaking all of creation into existence. But here's what I love about this. When you look at the Bible in its original language, he is the very essence of what he has created. And at this point, you might be thinking, okay, that, like, that's pretty cool, I guess, but what's the big deal? Why does that matter? I want you to check this out. Genesis 2. After God speaks into existence again and again and again, he stops and he says, now it's time for me to get hands on. Genesis 2 verse 7, then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground. 
and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. So God is speaking things into existence. Light, birds of the air, the seas drawn together, all of these different things. He's speaking them into existence. And then he gets to man and woman. The thing that the Bible says, let us make man in our image. Us being made in the image of God, he says, I'm not going to speak this one into existence. I'm going to get hands on. I'm going to form this with my own two hands. So we become the very essence of God. We become a very image of God's power, a very image of God's creativity. And this kind of becomes our key passage for this evening, Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. For we are his workmanship. Now, guys, what I love about this verse and what I love about this phrase, for we are his workmanship. If you look up the definition of workmanship, it talks about how there is skill involved. That it took talent, it took time, it took skill, it took hard work. And I love this phrase. And I want you to see something. That tapestries were for the rich and powerful. They were for royalty. They were created for royalty. And I want you to see this, kind of follow this progression here with me. God's design that we, is that we are supposed to live in harmony and connect in this with him and with each other through creation. We are the very image of God that he has gotten hands on with to become the very essence of his creativity and power. That he has taken skill to craft you. And we get to this conclusion that you were created with the greatest care and the greatest value. And guys, I need you to, to understand something here. is that some of you are coming here this weekend and even as I present this idea to you, you're sitting there thinking, that doesn't apply to me. Everything you just talked about, Brandon, that doesn't apply to me. God's design, that doesn't include me. That design you were talking about, it does not include me. If you think about the design, that big tapestry, that image that we could see on that tapestry, if we're supposed to be a part of this kingdom tapestry, the image that God's creating, you're sitting there thinking, no, 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 not me, because I would simply make that image worse. I would make that picture worse. So there's no way that God has designed me for something. There's no way that God wants to include me in this image he's trying to create. That doesn't add up. That doesn't make sense. Now, guys, I want you to think about something for a second. And simply because of time, I wish we could kind of throw it back and forth a little bit. But fellas, I want you to think of this. I want you to think about every possible stereotype that's placed on being a guy. All right, just for a second. I just want you to think about those for a second. All right? Hunting, fishing, sports, guns, beer, meat, the gym, football. Like, 
all these different stereotypes. And here's what happens. Not a single one of them have anything to do with scripture, anything to do with God's design. But if you start to listen to those stereotypes more than God's design, what happens? You think, man, I'm not a very good man. I'm not worth too much. Ladies, I want you to think through all the different stereotypes placed on women. Whatever they might be. The fact that ladies aren't supposed to have pockets is a stereotype. If you don't think that's true, anytime my wife gets a compliment on a dress, if it has pockets, the first thing she says, thanks, it has pockets. Six years ago, the stereotype was, was leggings and skinny jeans, and it still kind of is, and now it's mom jeans again. I don't understand that one. But the hair's got to be done a certain way. The makeup's got to be done a certain way. You've got to be a size four or less. Dance and cheerleading. And you can't like guns. You can't like hunting. You can't like football. And if you start to buy into these, some, of, some of these stereotypes, you start to buy into some of these things that have nothing to do with God's design, nothing to do with scripture, you start to think, this doesn't add up. I don't fit. I'm not a part of this plan that you're talking about, Brandon. But guys, sometimes we are deciding to look at all the wrong expectations. We're deciding to buy into all these false stereotypes and it drastically changes our own view of ourselves that we miss out on what God could possibly have for us. To give you guys just kind of another idea of this, I want you to check out this this video real quick. I'm a forensic artist, worked for the San Jose Police Department from 1995 to 2011. I showed up to a place I'd never been and there was a guy with a drafting board. We couldn't see them, they couldn't see us. Tell me about your hair. I didn't know what he was doing, but then I could tell after several questions that he was drawing me. Tell me about your chin. It kind of protrudes a little bit, hmm. especially when I smile. Your jaw? My mom told me I had a big jaw. What would be your most prominent feature? I kind of have a fat, rounder face. The older I've gotten, the more freckles I've gotten. I would say I have a pretty big forehead. Once I get a sketch, I say thank you very much, and then they leave. I don't see them. All I had been told before the sketch was to get friendly with this other woman, Chloe. Today I'm gonna ask you some questions about uh, a person you met earlier, and I'm gonna ask you some general questions about their face. She was thin, so you could see her cheekbones. And her chin, it was a nice, thin chin. She had nice eyes. They lit up when she spoke. Cute nose. She had blue eyes, very nice blue eyes. So here we are. This is the sketch that you helped me create. And that's a sketch that somebody described of you. So yeah, that's...
She looks closed off and fatter, sadder too. Mm -hmm. The second one looks more open, friendly, and happy. Mm -hmm. I should be more grateful of my natural beauty. It impacts the choices and the friends that we make, the jobs we apply for, how we treat our children. It impacts everything. It couldn't be more critical to your happiness. Do you think you're more beautiful than you say? Yeah. Yeah. We spend a lot of time as women analyzing and trying to fix the things that aren't quite right. And we should spend more time appreciating the things that we do like. So guys, I know that, uh, that a lot of that video was, was focused in um, mostly on women, but I want you to think through these concepts of this idea that you have in your head of who you think you should be. And how much of that is influenced by these stereotypes and expectations that actually have no merit whatsoever. I'm not smart enough. I should have made varsity. I should have gotten that solo. I should have gotten the lead role. My acne shouldn't be this way. My hair doesn't do what I want it to. And all of these different things that actually have nothing to do with how God has designed you and the plans that he has for you. Colossians 1, verse 16, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. I need you to understand something. We have an all-powerful, all-knowing, perfect creator God that saw fit to get hands-on in your creation to be his image bearers, a product of his creativity and power. And some of you are sitting here tonight thinking that that God messed up. And I'm trying to get you to see something that that is not possible. What is possible is you believing the lies that are spoken over you enough to where you start to believe them to where you start speaking them over your own life. And you drown out the voice of God trying to speak truth over you. So guys, the reason I needed to start here tonight is because we're not going to accomplish anything. We're not going to be able to get anywhere. You're not going to hear another word I say unless you can start to open yourself up to this truth. When we start to understand the design that we're aiming for, we will only see the incredible work God wants to do with us and through us if we can start by seeing why he wants each and every one of you a part of the picture. If you're not able to accept that fact that he wants you in the photo, 
He wants you in the picture. He wants you in the design. If you can't embrace that reality, then you're not going to be able to hear a single word I say this weekend. You're going to go home the exact same. And that's not what I want for you. Jesus says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come that they may have life and life abundantly. I want you to experience that abundant life. Now, guys, I didn't even realize this until I took my sweatshirt off a little bit ago, and I'm wearing this shirt. It's actually called Love Life. It's just, it's just a brand from, from a guy at my church that works there. But kind of my personal mission and, and something that I talk to a lot of people about is I don't have a big house. I don't have a fancy car. I don't have all of these big, really cool things. But I can honestly say at the end of the day, I love my life. And it is only because of the grace of God and the beauty of what he's trying to do in my life that I can see that and appreciate that. But if you can't see the fact that God has beautifully designed you and wants you a part of this kingdom tapestry, then we're not going to be able to accomplish anything this weekend. And I want so much more for you. The Lord wants so much more for you. He wants you to experience that abundant life. So guys, I am pleading with you to open yourself up to this reality that God wants you. That God values you. That as a powerful creator, artistic God, he did not screw up when he made you. So guys, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to come and then I believe Elijah's going to come out and he's going to give us our, our next steps. Father, I praise you. I thank you so much for the fact for some reason you saw fit for us to be born in a country where we are free of religious persecutions. We're able to sit here, read the Bible, praise the name of Jesus and we can do so without religious persecution. My God, I ask that you would help us to see that reality of Ephesians 2.10. We are his workmanship. There's skill there. You have designed us. You have created us. We are a product of your creativity and power. We are your image bearers. It is not possible that you have messed up on us. God, I ask that you would help us to start to open our hearts, open our ears, our eyes to this reality that you want us a part of the picture. You desire to have us a part of this grand design for your creation. Father, would you go before us this weekend, be stirring us, drawing us closer to you. We praise you. We thank you for the opportunity we have to be here and we pray these things in Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.